welcome to Promo Insiders, the ASI media podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends and analysis. I'm Teresa Hegel, and today I'm joined by three of my colleagues, Chris Ruvo, um, Melissa Newman, and Sarah Lavendusky. And so today we just wanted to talk kind of, you know, it's been a year since the, the pandemic was, you know, became a pandemic, since a lot of us were sent home, um, you know, to work from home. And just, you know, it was just like a crazy year. Um, so I just kind of wanted to like kind of reflect on on this past year, see what kinds of things have changed for everyone and just kind of look forward to what we think might might stick. You know, now that the, now that the vaccine is rolling out and things are sort of going back to normal slowly, at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of it. Um, so, you know, like we can talk about that. Um, and, you know, if you guys are listening and have any comments, stories, questions, things you want to share from the audience, please, you know, feel free to type them in and we'll, we'll address them. We love to hear from, from people, too. So anytime, just pipe in. But, you know, you got, like, I guess, like, starting with Chris, like, you kind of were aware of this pandemic, like, I think way before anyone else was. We were talking, we were reporting on this, like, back in January, right? The coronavirus when it was in yeah. China, like, you, you had your kind of finger on the pulse. Yeah, it was, it was it was weird. Um, Michelle Bell, of course, our our, our boss, kind of kind of came to me. I want to say, and sometime in late December or January, and said, you know, I'm starting to hear something about this 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 virus thing, you know, over in in China, and it might might be it might cause some supply chain issues for our industry. You, you want to look into it? And I was like, yeah, I'll start looking into it. And and you know, my gosh, if you know. What a what a watershed moment that turned out to be in 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 retrospect, right? Yeah. You know, we we started doing reporting on it in January. I think I think it's fair to say ahead of anyone else in the industry. And um, and what started as a supply chain issue and some problems in a you know a, across the globe within a few months hit home in a very hard way. Did you ever think that it was going to um, get this bad? Like, did you ever think like think it would hit? our shores and happen the way it happened. I mean, I guess it'd be um, hard to, to like initially right initially right out of the gates, uh no. Mm -hmm. And then like after a couple weeks, I was like, well, what's stopping a replication of that here? But then I thought, you know, it very admittedly ignorantly, you know, initially was like, well, you know, China, it's a more restrictive society than ours. I think maybe maybe they're going a little overboard with the with the clamping down and everything on society and then um you know we wouldn't i don't think we'd see something like that you know here as as hard a reaction here and then of course um as the reality of what this what this virus can do started to become clear and, and you know the way it can obviously kill people <laughs> to, to the levels that it is yeah. um it became clear that that, that, that it was I'll, I'll say necessary i get to take, yeah. to take yeah. steps that were taken at least initially and um and uh, so I guess, no, I didn't anticipate it, but but after a few weeks into it, it became clear that that's what we were headed yeah. toward. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I feel like those, the beginning of March, like those first few weeks, everything moved so quickly. Like one minute, it was like, everybody wash your hands for like 20 seconds or 30 mm -hmm. seconds or whatever it was. Um, you know, and the next thing you know, oh, the office is closed. Like, mm -hmm. and I remember it was like a, a big discussion over whether schools were going to close and you know, what was going to happen. I, I actually, as I recall, one of the last things we were, I was supposed to do, Sarah and I were supposed to go to the ballet. You remember oh, that? Sarah? We were going to go to the ballet. Right. Yeah. And I had this, yeah. like, and was, I had this, actually my, my uh, niece and nephew, they had their birthday party down in Virginia right before. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, 
I don't know if I should go or not, but I'm just going to go. I think it's fine. And that was the last time I left the state. I went down to Virginia for their birthday party. And then I was like, well, then on Sunday, I'll just, you know, drive up from Virginia and then go to the ballet. And I, yeah. it probably was a bad idea to begin with, but then it ended up being canceled. Anyway. So, oh, but it was all these things like you didn't know, like things were being postponed, things were being canceled. It was just such chaos. I mean, like, what, how about how about you, Melissa? You just had started at ASI not too yeah. long before this happened. Like, uh. how many, how long were you actually in the office? So I remember my start date because it was a couple of weeks after my birthday on February 12th. So I was like, I yes, like, like 29, new year, new job, <laughs> starting on like February 24th. I can't wait. I did like um, axe throwing in Bucks County as like a celebration. So that was like my last event that I went to before kind of like lockdown. <laughs> what, a way to end, what a way to end it though. Yeah, That's right. I was, <laughs> it was epic. It was so much fun. And I was like, I can't wait to like plan more stuff out like this with my friends in the upcoming spring. So like I had set up some stuff with my friends and then I started, you know, at ASI, you know, I, I remember having like a meeting with you guys and we were, discussing the coronavirus and I also remember discussing some of the first people who were jumping on uh, branding masks. And we yes, were I was going to bring that up because I remember Vin, somebody was talking about it and we're like, oh, we should do a story on it. And we're like, oh no, that's so distasteful. We're not going to yeah. do that. Like, I totally remember this conversation. And then like a couple months later, it's all we can talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we were so on the fence because like we didn't want to seem offensive or like we were capitalizing off of something that, you know, obviously has caused a lot of tragedy in our world, but it's definitely an interesting trend, like the perception. Like I think halfway through last year, there was still a lot of people who were kind of on the fence is, you know, we should be branding PPE and if that was something that our industry should, you know, dive into. But yeah, I think like the 24th and then I remember Dawn like power walking like into the office. She's like, you're going to get an email from Andy, but don't panic. And I'm like, the way that you're talking to me right now is making me panic. So like, I don't know what Andy's going to talk about. Like, what's going on? And she's like, we're going to go home for two weeks but it's just two weeks. So pack everything up. I left like a half eaten bag of Skittles, but I grabbed like everything else off the desk. And then what, I went a, home. what an image, what an image that is. Like you should, you could do like a whole blog about just with around that image of the half eaten pack of Skittles, you know, it's just like, like the symbolism of it, you know, like life stood still. In a bag of Skittles, you know? And the optimism of that bag. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, bag. eventually. And then I think I went in like later mass to grab something else that I had forgot. And I saw them chilling there. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I should just check these right now. But like, yeah. that was like basically it. And then it's like, you know, us all going kind of back and forth, like, especially with admin of like negotiating what the next couple of months was going to look like for all of us. Like, all right, two more weeks. Now it's a month. And then everything else that was going on in our lives, like, you know, finagling workloads while also, you know, I am childless, but I know for Chris and for Teresa, you have kids, you were schooling at home. It's just like, it was such a, a wild development and it seemed like everything happened so quickly and everything was so up in the air. So, yeah. You know. And I mean, I think, you know, one of those points is that it was, there was so much uncertainty that, that. Yeah. Whole, whole year and I think a lot of us you know working from home at first was like okay this is fine like it's fine to be just on my couch yeah. but then that is but there was like an end date but now it's like it's been a year and some of us don't want to go back but I think like Sarah just did like a, a a good piece just about like kind of rethinking your your home office because you know so, so much of it was just sort of like makeshift but now now that it's 
long term, we have to kind of think about like what is the most optimal way to work. So can you talk about that a little, Sarah, just about what what kind of things that that you should do and like how you approach approach the home office? Yeah, I think, like you said, you know, it was kind of like good for now. And I don't know that we ever updated from that. So it was like, well, I just have a free space on the end of this couch, or I'll just work on my island, or I'll just use the corner of this table, you know, and it's like, I don't know that we ever like really went through a time where we were like, all right, like, even though we know that it's going to be a while for a lot of us, it's like, I don't know that we all like made that transition to like making it more permanent. So I think what's important is that, and especially if you have kids, you have dogs, um, a significant others in the house too. Um, I think it's really important to kind of make your own space. Like even, especially if you've been at the kitchen table for a long time, I think it's good to like, if you, yeah, there, Chris, like it's good if you, ha- if it's possible and not everybody has this flexibility, but if it's possible, maybe you've been kind of like saving the guest room as a guest room and it's like, okay, probably not going to have a lot of guests over. You know, I think we have to kind of get over that now. So maybe give yourself that room, right? Like, so it's a place where you can like move a small desk, even like, you know, the desk that they have now are made for like small spaces, um, apartment sized desks, you know, a standing desk would be great, but just kind of putting it into the guest room with a door you can close. And if you have kids, you can say like, you know, dad or mom's on a zoom call. This is a do not disturb sign. Or if they can't read yet, like, green or red, you know, green Mm -hmm. means knock, Mm -hmm. red means don't disturb, you know, whatever. Um, And I think, you know, painting the walls a color, like I know uh, it's kind of boring to stare at the same, you know, white walls, or if you have like wallpaper that's been driving you crazy, you know, maybe paint it like a color that you need. Like if you need like a mellowing color because you're high stress, maybe like an aqua or green. If you need a little more energy, maybe yellow or red. I Um, need so much aqua green, Sarah. So much aqua green. That's for you. That was your tip. (laughs) The color of Chris's sweater. Yeah, it's like, and just like putting it like, you know, maybe some wall hangings that kind of bring you, you know, some joy. It's just like little things. And there's so many places you can go. It doesn't have to break the bank. You can go to, there's a lot of discount chains like Home Goods we have around here that is like so fun, right? And thrift stores have fun stuff. Oh, Chris left. Um, oh no. He'll Chris be back, gone. maybe. So <laughs> I think just like, it doesn't have to be huge. Just kind of even yeah. like changing your view would help, yeah. you yeah. know? Just, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it just can be like little things, but I think it, it's very easy to have gotten into a rut in the last year because I think because of the very nature of it seeming like it was going to be temporary. I remember our boss saying to us like, "Oh, we'll be back in the office by you know last summer," and of course we weren't. Yeah. Um, but it's just so easy to think, well, it's fine for now, it's fine for now, and then all of a sudden a whole year has passed and you're still in the same place, and you're like, well, regardless of you know whatever's happening in the future, like right now I'm here and this is not ideal, so. Right. You know, why not just do it? Just something, even if it's just like a little potted plant or something, something to to change up your your view and make it more pleasant and more productive. And here, Chris is back again. Yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened. Dogs are in the room with the router, right? Unstable internet that (laughs) so, so just like looking back, you know, we kind of talked about like how everything sort of started and it was like this kind of crazy time like everything was unknown but now it's been a year like what are some things that you guys think have been like the biggest changes in terms of like office life or social life um like what what are some of the like kind of like the high level changes that have happened and who wants to start well i'll jump i mean i'll always have a problem shutting up so i'll i'll jump in right away uh, like I mean, be, like beyond the obvious, like beyond the obvious that we're working from home and and, and stuff and stuff like that. Um, I think 
I, I, Teresa, you've, you've hit on this in some of the stuff you've written, or at least some of the stuff we've talked about and you've said is that you know, I always thought I was not introverted, but that I was kind of happy being off on my own. Certainly as a writer, you spend a lot wow. of solitary time and, you know, I'm, and I'm fine with that. And I've always kind of been, but I think I realized to what degree I really do want to see, you know, see people more than I do and, and kind of just have that uh, water cooler chat, you know? And so that was maybe like a personal realization that boy, like I, I missed that just informal interaction, you know, just popping over to Sarah's cubicle and chatting for five minutes in the morning mm -hmm. about where her next European trip is going to be or something like that. You know, those little, those little conversations like that, that you don't get when you're just, you know, kind of isolated at home has been such a dynamic, such a, Changed our social dynamic, and I think yeah. it's something that everybody's who's in this work from home situation is experiencing for sure. Yeah, and it's so hard to replicate that in a Zoom meeting. I think. I mean, especially when there's more people involved, like the four of us. This is not too bad. Like we can all kind of get our, our words in, and it and it's pretty informal. Um, but you know, when when it's like you know a Brady bunch of heads or like Hollywood Squares or whatnot, it's like. Everyone has to like wait their turn to speak. It's not, it's very, it's not conducive to like real conversation. You know, mm -hmm. like you can sort of check in and be like, hi, I'm here, I'm working. But yeah, you don't have those kind of like very organic interactions where you kind of spark ideas off of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I just don't, I don't even know if there is a way to do that, you know, via Zoom. One thing I saw that was kind of interesting, I don't know that I would want to try it because it's kind of weird, but they were talking about how it was some kind of app where it was just audio. It was like basically a virtual office mm -hmm. and you and you could move your little avatar around and as you got closer to people, like their sound would get louder. So it was like mimic the office. But like personally, like the one thing I do like is quiet. I like it quiet. So I don't think I would like to hear, hear the office. I like the interactions, but I don't miss other people's noise. So I don't think that would be good for me. But some people said this was like a good way to I don't know, kind of replicate that. Quick, this, this you know what? You know what? I could have used that. I, I could have used that, that at, the, at the beginning. I could have yeah. used that at the beginning because, uh, you know, having went right from college dorm rooms to like 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 a like noisy houses and, and everything like that to noisy offices working in newsrooms. I realized I've always worked with blaring noise coming into my yeah. head, and like when I when it was like truly quiet, like at the house, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. Like you're quiet. I'm like, can hear my own thoughts too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see we have a couple of good, uh, some comments. I think Deb fleshes as social life with the question. I know we don't really have a social life right now. <laughs> I mean, we try, like, I, I've been doing, you know, like, like a lot of other people, we've been doing some Zoom calls with, like, you know, friends from college. Um, my uh, aunt and my mom, my mom lives in Alaska, my aunt lives just in Sellersville, so she's she's close in Pennsylvania, but. We've been doing like art art lessons over Zoom. So we like pick a little craft project or art project, and every two weeks we'll you know work on it together via Zoom. So like there's things you can do, but yeah, it's certainly not the same as like you know going to a bar or a restaurant or you know a festival or something you know fun and around other people. Mm -hmm. um, but Sarah, what do you think has been like the biggest changes just to the day like everyone's kind of day to day life, work life, whatnot? Yeah, I think um, I think things have become really simple, mm. and I, I think you know people are. It, it was a jarring change. Um, I remember before we went home, somebody at the office the day before we were told that we were going to go home, somebody said, "I think it's this week we're going to be sent home," and I was like, I was like shocked because I I hadn't really. It was kind of an insider info thing, and I hadn't really felt that way yet. I I wasn't ready, and then. Mm -hmm. 
And then next day we were told to go home and for two weeks, thank God I took my plant with me just in case, you know, but (laughs) I think it was very jarring that our lives like overnight became very simple. Mm -hmm. But I actually think that people, there's a certain simplicity that people were missing that I think we're, we like, and I know I, I talked to a distributor back in the summer uh, of 2020. And he said, you know, we service student athletics. That's a huge market for us. And that's obviously been like dead this year. Um, But one thing that we're hearing is that parents are like, we love having sit down dinners every night. Um, We love getting the kids to bed, right? Getting the kids to bed before nine or 10 o'clock. It's like with all of their sports and it's like these parents said, you know, it's, I mean, for promo sales, you know, I don't know, they're going to feel it, but it's like parents were saying, we're going to make our kids pick and choose now. It's not going to be every single sport under the sun. And every night we're out till 10 o'clock eating McDonald's in the back of the car. Like it's not going to happen anymore. So uh-huh. I think, I think that's sim- simplifying life, I think is something that we, was forced on us, but I think people are very attracted to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I can speak like to that firsthand because um, my oldest now is, is 13 and I've been mm-hmm. coaching at least one team every year since he, he was three. And then my, um, my guy, Dylan, who's younger is, uh, he played, he's one of those kids who plays every sport under the sun and coaches mm-hmm. teams. And when like, we didn't know what to do in the evenings initially, we were like, we were like, wait, we don't have to like be somewhere for a five thirty first pitch or, you know, mm-hmm. or like, you know, for a practice start at six o'clock, it was incredible. And, mm-hmm. and, um, my wife really, I think more than, most of all, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I see you guys now in the evening, you know, like, like we have, we do, we have those family dinners and everything. So she, she especially is loved. And I think we've all kind of, kind of come to like it, you know? Yep. Right. So it kind of made everyone kind of step back and realize we don't need to be this busy, right? Like you're like, you're actually reclaiming that quality time, that family time that that was missing. Because it seemed like, I think you, it's another thing where you get into that routine. You think you have to be doing all these things. It's expected or you expect it of yourself. But now we're like forced to take that step back and like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, so now, you know, the vaccine is rolling out, you know, slower maybe than we would like, but it is happening. Um, and, you know, some states are opening up, some are, you know, starting to, open up a little bit more. So, you know, presumably I'm hoping, you know, that this means that things are going to be somewhat back to normal, you know, sometime this year um, or the new normal or whatever people want to call it. But what do you guys think that's going to look like? I mean, what are, what lessons do you think, like, do you think people are going to take those lessons that they learned in the last year and carry them through in 2021 and beyond? Or do you think things are just going to go back to the way they were before? You know what I mean? Like, what are we going to actually learn from them? I don't, I mean, from my personal perspective, I don't think like we'll ever go back to what it was before because I think like, like not to to go deep, but the collective trauma of like the last year for everybody, like there has just been so much heaviness and so much constant change where like everything has been affected from how we work to like when things started to how we were buying like toilet paper to how people school their children, like to being able to just go hug a friend, you know, or a family member that like doesn't live in your house. So I feel like I think there's going to be a half of the population that wants to forget that, that they want to go back to how things are. And then there's the other half of us who like for myself, like I can't wait until I get vaccinated. Um, Everybody in my house, except for me, because I'm, you know, low in the order of getting my vaccine. But I definitely as soon as I can, you know, will get it. But I'm definitely so like when people are 
you know, talking about going out in public spaces, I hope there's still precautions that it's not like, you know, we're throwing all of that to the wind because we just want to pretend things didn't happen. And then, you know, with new variants coming out and, you know, these shots having their first round going out into the population, how effective will they really be at controlling the spread? So, you know, my hope is we, we strike a nice balance. Yeah. I get to see my extended family in other states that I get to see my, you know, and not worry about if like I'm endangering their lives or, or they're endangering mine. And that, you know, if I want to go in and, you know, just like Chris and Sarah were saying, like those little social interactions where it's like, I'm, I would be okay with Ricky remote. I'm an ambivert. Like I can, I can be in front of a screen by myself all day, but you know, it would be nice to talk to real people besides like the plants that I have on my desk, you know, like, yeah, so it's yeah. like that kind of stuff, like more social interaction, but I don't think, you know, by the end of the year, things are going to be completely back to normal. That would be lovely. But I just don't think that that's realistic, you know, not to be like Deborah Downer. But. Well, no, I mean, yeah. and I think I think the problem a lot of us had like last year was being maybe too optimistic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like maybe yeah. it's better now to have that more realistic view, maybe even a bit of a pessimistic view because it'll make us take things more seriously. And then maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised and things will be better. Probably not, but maybe. But it, as opposed to how, how everything was last year where we all thought it was going to be so you know, short and simple, and it wasn't. So, like, it was just, like, a constant state of, like, trauma, like you said, and disappointment, and, you know, you know, if maybe if we had adjusted our expectations or knew how to do that then, we wouldn't have had to have that double issue mm -hmm. of, of being, you know, upset every time, like, we didn't, it didn't end when we thought it would. Um, but I, another I think, thing. I, I do think, with time, though, um, that, that, Again, it's going to be contingent on the degree to which we can control spread and how mm -hmm. much vaccinations and treatments work. And and, and Melissa mentioned, mentioned the variants. But, you know, there was a, what, in the 13th century, there was a bubonic plague, right, that wiped out, like, half the world, right? And right. 100, 100 years ago, there was the Spanish flu, and that, that killed, like, 50 million or something. And um, and after, the, after a time, you know, from, like, it did start to progress back to, like, you know, obviously we all grew up going mm -hmm. alive events, doing things, not wearing masks and stuff. So it seems like the further away you get from the event it's, itself and the more mm -hmm. that, you know, we're able to have some degree of normalization, the more people were kind of regress to the mean, so to speak, like the more you get back to it, just feeling comfortable again, doing the normal. So I, I don't think like this year we're going to be walking around carefree you know I, I hope that people aren't I, I you know like I'm not going to be not even close um but I I do think with time if we're able to kind of it becomes another thing that we live with you know live with kind of the way flu was for previous generations where there was no flu vaccination or anything like that and then that came online and, and with time you know a lot of people now don't even get their flu shot they have no interest in it right because they're like oh, I'll be all right you know like so it's 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 it, with time away from the event itself, I think it I think it makes the return to normal more quote normal more more plausible. But I but I agree that I don't think it's going to be something right right away. Nor sh nor should it be, in my opinion. No, it's, I mean this has been a huge life changing kind of event for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's funny. You're, you I love how you're bringing like you know history into this uh, <laughs> you know, in the Middle yeah. Ages and a hundred years ago. 
But yeah, it is true. Like, obviously, we all bounced back from that and, and nobody was thinking about the, you know, we're not, we don't think about the plague all the time. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like childbirth. Well, I mean, I do. You know, like, you if you know, remember right. the pain of childbirth, you probably wouldn't have another kid, but, you know, yeah. we do all the time, so. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, but, you know, I only have yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not because of pain. It's, it's the pain after after they're born. <laughs> These things so complicated. <laughs> Anyway, okay, that, that's kind of getting off track, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think it, it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm curious about masks too, because like, how long will will those be a thing when people like will it be normalized when people are are sick maybe and have to go out, you know, just in in the future? Like my my dad, he's like he loves masks. He's thrilled about. It. He's like I have not gotten sick all year. Like I don't I didn't get any colds. He's like, I, I'm going to wear them forever now. I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to be like that. You know, my dad's a little weird, but, but I, you know, I could see that like people, like it used to be like so strange to see someone wearing a mask, you know, in public, but I wonder if this is going to normalize it at all. Not, not all the time and not for all people, but, you know, maybe for time, maybe during flu season, maybe there will be people that take extra precautions or people that get sick will wear them, you know, as a courtesy. I mean, obviously they, they've been a very, controversial issue for a lot of people but there have been a lot of people that wear them and you know have noticed that they did not get sick so i'm just curious like whether there'll be like more of a market for that in the future i'm in the camp of i i like wearing them just because you, you know you have a face like mine you're happy to cover it in any way that you that, that you can you know um but uh no, I'm a kid, kidding. So it's um, I, I, it's it. I agree with your dad in the sense that it's been great. I haven't been getting sick or anything like that. It's cool. But in terms of like mass society, like where where we live, it's it's we're not the most restrictive in the country mm -hmm. by any means, but we're definitely on the more restrictive side of things. We have um, my wife and I, relatives in southern states who um, where where it's a lot less restrictive. And people are already, particularly like in Florida, you know, already like you know, it's they're not being worn, and yeah, and, and that's and that's becoming more and more a a, a norm. So, I, I I do think again as we get farther away from this, like the horror of really of this last year, and you know, I think it moves back toward people not wearing them as much. And I'm not saying right away, but I, I don't think it's something that's like long long term. It's not going to become the fashion. Does it mean like opinion. in a lot of yeah. like you know, like Asian countries, it's, it's not unusual to, to see people wearing them, but you know, for, for us, it always has been. And I just, it would be interesting to see if, you know, if that stigma could be, you know, gotten rid of long-term, but you, I think you're probably right that it was, it's, it probably won't, but maybe, maybe for some people it will change their minds. For sure. Um, well, I don't, I think like we kind of covered a lot of stuff um, with this, but do you guys, do, do any of you have anything else you wanted to add about like what you think you know, this next year is going to hold or, you know, things that you're hopeful for going forward? Well, I think, you know, I had a conversation yesterday with a distributor who just said, you know, I know that a lot of people don't love like the virtual trade shows, the hybrid trade shows. It's just not the same as being in person. And, you know, we both agreed that, you know, as much as it's not what we want, we're going to have to adjust to that. And I think even when COVID is completely gone, um, companies will have seen how much money they've saved not sending people to trade shows and not yeah, sending people to yeah. events. Uh, just the flights, the hotel, it just all adds up, right? So yeah. if somebody, if you can send fewer people or if you can just do virtual or hybrid events, 
Um, I think that's the way companies are going to go. So I think it's just, you know, we're going to see a huge adjustment in how companies are allocating funds and how they're using their people to do the work. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. And I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't love virtual events either, which actually I wrote, I just wrote a, a commentary right. about my, my love hate relationship with them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's definitely something missing from being in person and actually being able to interact. But there are some some positives. Like, you know, like one of the things I said was just that you are you're basically in a front row seat. You know, if you're at the keynote, like you get to see and hear this person perfectly. It's not like there's no tall person, you know, blocking your view. You're not in the back of the auditorium. You're right there and you can often like ask your questions and get them answered. So um, there are some good points but yeah it's it's definitely at least something to be desired but i think I, I think that like like so many things with the pandemic pushing like the technology forward i think it's pushed the technology for these virtual events forward and they're going to just get better and better and i don't think they'll ever fully replace in-person events because we as like social creatures we like to be around other people but it does making them more you know accessible and better technology, you know, that's going to be a good thing just to give more versatility. So, mm -hmm. right. And then, yeah, that's another, uh, as Brad uh, Bronstader says, mm -hmm. you know, one thing with these virtual events, you can't touch the products. You can't see how they work. That's, that's one of the big drawbacks is how do you like feel a sample? Like, how do you see like how soft that shirt is? Or how do you see how well that equipment is going to work? Mm -hmm. Or like, like I went to CES, went to CES this year, which was, you know, all virtual, you know, these, People, these uh, tech companies have so many like crazy, you know, prototypes and all this stuff. And how, like, if you can't actually try it or see it in person, like you can do a lot of things with video. I don't know that that actually works just because you say, you know, just because you have this demo video. If I can't like actually see what this thing looks like in person, it's really hard to, to kind of vouch for it or, or write about it. So for sure, like that, that in-person, see it with my own eyes kind of uh, feeling is, is really important. I, I think for, for product-driven industry like ours, I, I, I think the, um, and, and really any product-driven industry where you're really dealing with physical things, the, I, I think the long-term prognosis for, for trade shows is actually quite good. I think for in-person trade shows, I, I should say, I, I do think that there's a desire for, for among a lot of people to go back to them. Does that, that said, I do think going forward, virtual will will be a, a significant component of the trade show where that's not, that genie is not going back in mm -hmm. the model by any means. But I, but, I, but I actually of late even have become more optimistic about a return to, to greater, to, to, to how uh, live events will fare, particular, um, particularly uh, trade shows. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of looking ahead, like more generally, you know, this is something I was trying to keep in mind my, myself as we were talking about, oh, sales are down in the promotional products industry. And it was 20% year over year. We're still almost a $21 billion industry last year. With all, now, now, granted, PPE for sure plays a significant role in keeping the number as high as it was. But it was still almost a $21 billion industry. That's better than it was several years ago. So it's sure. still it, it's when everything was, quote, normal. So it's still an industry in which you have companies generating um, a, a lot of money, even under under dire circumstances, yeah. and I and and I do think everything that we're seeing, you know, um, in the news now, the reports from, um, you know, how the vaccination effort is going, how the vaccinations are even and able to ha handle certain variants. Yeah. 
barring an emergence of a variant that the vaccines just can't address and a huge and a huge explosion again of, of case counts i actually think things are going to get a, a, a lot better this year for, for, for our industry and for your um for for sectors that were super hard hit last year like hospitality uh travel you know air air flight whatever you know you, you guys know the ones that are really bad and i think when those industries start to pick up and we're already starting to see some of it um you know that's going to bode well for, for for promo and i think you could potentially see a really good second half of the year i, I you know like i don't think it's pie in the sky it's not just hopeful thinking i'm a realist and you know just the, a lot of the economic indicators are there that if the vaccines stay on course and there's not this huge blind side from a variant of, of, of covid that we can really see a super strong bounce back that about be for our industry and for the economy so i'm actually kind of more hopeful than i've been in a long well, time coming coming from you chris someone that i know is pretty pessimistic that's yeah i like to hear it's that true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um what, one last thing i wanted to mention is i don't know if it's really on topic but i think another good thing for our industry in particular is this last year like that there's been kind of that focus on you know merch merch has been getting so much bigger just in, in general but i've seen so many stories about like you know how merch is being used to kind of save industries like clever t-shirts clever merch i mean like it's just it's becoming a bigger and a bigger thing for brands and that can only be a good thing for for our industry right like people you know wanting wanting to like rep you know I don't know, like Stouffer's or whatever, like whatever ridiculous brand it is, like with or their fun. favorite, their favorite YouTuber or their favorite, yeah, exactly. or, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it gets so niche. Like I was, there's an article that just came out, I think, in the Atlantic that was all about like T-shirts during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It was actually really good, so you guys should read it. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm trying to, you know, advertise for another magazine, but but it was and, interesting. And Teresa was, wrote that on a freelance basis. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, but yeah, it, but it was all about like, you know, all the different types of like weird niche t-shirts that, that she bought during the pandemic, like things that were like catchphrases from podcasts or, you know, I, I don't, I can't even describe it, but it was, it was good. And it was, I, I think it's a, a good trend for, for our industry, if that's what people are doing. I mean, like, it, you know, like anything that's merch or t-shirt or, or promo product related, like it's got to be good for us. So Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this was a good discussion, guys. I mean, hopefully we'll see each other in the actual office again someday. I'm hoping not all the time because I like I do like being at home. But oh, definitely. Yeah. I, do, I do miss you guys too a little bit. <laughs> um, <this is> smidge. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I appreciate you uh, taking some time to, to chat with me about the, the anniversary, this kind of dire anniversary, and hopefully <laughs> by the end of the year, things will be a little bit better. And um, Thank you guys, everyone, for joining us today. I'm Teresa Hegel, and this was Promo Insiders. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.